6 and some verses in this particular chapter. I would like you to know I'm, I'm well aware of the day. So, but I'm, I'm also well aware of the prodding of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 6 and we'll begin with verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. And that means that they were also alone. Because you can be with a crowd of people, but if the Lord's not in the midst, you are also alone. You can be with a a bunch of folks, but if Jesus is not there, you're all by yourself. And you can be by yourself, but if he's with you, then you're not alone. Because the difference between being alone, being empty, and being full is the presence of the Lord. You can be in a large auditorium with a lot of people, but if the Lord's not there, you're not in a church. And you can be in your living room all by yourself and you can have church right there because you and Jesus make it worthwhile. He makes up the difference. Amen. I can get stuck anytime and never make it past the verse. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. Isn't that the tale of our lives? So when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea, drawing nigh to the ship. They didn't know it was him and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, it is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him unto the ship or into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Amen. Say it immediately. In Jesus' name. Put your Bibles down now. If you will be kind, lift up your hands, one or both, and just thank the Lord for the word that you're about to receive. And say it, I'm going to receive it right now in Jesus' holy name.
Amen. And all the people said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I thank you for standing. By the time we arrive at John chapter 6, Jesus has already performed numerous miracles in his ministry, each one. Astounded both the common man and the religious sect. In this particular chapter of the Gospel of John, the Lord has taken what would be a little boy's lunch, a small lunch, and then multiplied it to feed 5,000 men, the number not including the women and the children. There is no description of the duties or functions of the disciples at that moment, though they were given the task to seat the people by groups of 50 so that there would be order However, it might be that they helped to distribute the loaves and the fish. We are not privy to the smaller details. We we don't know all of it. We do know that they were there to pick up 12 baskets full of fragments. So the evidence was very clearly in their hands, the, the working of his power. They felt it. They saw what he could do. At the conclusion of it all, the people were moved to crown Jesus as the king, but he rejected their intent. The others simply quoted Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, and I read, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. Thus They saw the miracle of Jesus and they said, and I quote John 14, 6, 14, this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. So they remembered what Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy. And now we know that because of what Jesus did, they called him a prophet. Because the prophets on a very regular basis did these types of powerful miracles Producing something, offering something, empty vessels filled with oil and and provisions of meal and profound, impossible things. So the Lord's doing invoked their preferred designation as a prophet. If you see a prophet, you'll you'll know that prophet because there's evidence of it. And of his appointment, his calling. And to that, Jesus rejected what they thought they would do and what they wanted to do. And he went into a mountain and to a solitary place alone. I'm in your Bible now. The disciples will enter a boat, their own ship, and they will begin to sail across the sea. It's it's a task for them. The furlongs mentioned in the scripture. But in the middle of that, a storm comes upon them by reason of a great wind. 
And the rain-swirling winds combined with beating waves and water causes the boat to pitch and to roll. They are toiling for their survival when they see a figure off in the distance. It looks like the image of a man, which of course would cause anyone to be terrified, and they were. A ghost, perhaps, or some spirit form, Jesus was walking forward to them. His shadowy figure has caused them to lose their purpose, and now they're staring straight ahead and they're full of fear. Jesus chose the moment to do something different than he had done in the same chapter. He would not present himself as a prophet, but something beyond their own designation. Look deeper now, everyone. In their toiling and their working, the Lord appears to them. The former, the multiplication of the fish and loaves, astounded them because of the work of his mighty hand. But when he walked on water, he showcased his deity. That in fact, he was God. He gave provisions, but this time he separated himself from the very laws of nature that governed his own creation. And their response was not awe or thankfulness or joy, but they were terrified when they saw him. If you'll investigate the scripture to see him in any form, it's a terrifying thing. They needed to see him, however. They needed to know that even nature, the elements, the sky, and the water, the laws which rule the universe could not bind him. Jesus was not subject to the very things that bound them. Hear it, everyone. What binds you up and causes you conflict, those things do not affect him. Because he is before all things, and through him all things exist. Water itself came from the utterance of his own voice. The sky above and the earth beneath came into existence because he called them out from nothing. We need to know that. The disciples needed to see it. The Lord's provisions of thousands of loaves and fish from a single source was for the people. But for the disciples, they were giving something more. And the difference between the multiplication of loaves and fish and him walking on the water is this. He will do things for us, but he wants to be Lord over us. The first speaks of his goodness, the second of his transcendence. He can supply our needs, yes. But we need to know that Jesus is Lord of all. I know how that sounds. I've heard it many times, maybe at hundreds of times in my lifetime. It's a familiar chord, but I pause for a moment. Jesus is Lord of all. No one needs to admit it today. People won't admit it. Some will. No one is pressed to declare it. You could deny it. You can say it. You can believe it. You can have disbelief. But in the end, there will come a time when the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in things of heaven and things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So if you don't do it now, trust me, you'll do it someday. The world may deny him now, but there'll be a day when everybody's going to go to their knees and everybody's going to open their mouth and you're going to, they're going to have to just utter that you're Lord. That is the distinctive mark that he is Lord, ruler, king, eternal, omniscient, immutable. He is a preeminent God. He's Lord. 
And that doesn't really grip us like it ought to grip us because there's a lot of gods floating around today. There's the God of money and the God of sports and the God of entertainment and the God of government and the God of education and the God of stuff. Careful. There's the God of family. Because anything that you esteem more than him, that's a God. Anything that you put up and you worship and you take a lot of time and you're careful about it. You, you love the boat and you wax the car and you take all the things that are, that are going to rust away. That's a God. We don't understand it very well, but he really wants to be the Lord of all. The Lord of all. <laughs> Nothing is above him. He transcends everything. He is above it all. There is no level that the Lord has not reached. There is no depth that he is not gone. There is no place you can make your bed, but that he is already there. If you ascend, he's waiting for you there. If you fall to the depths, he has preceded you there. (laughs) If you're struggling, he's been waiting for you to arrive. If you're victorious, he lifted you to that place. There are no stairs for him to climb. He cannot rise higher than he already is. He is as great as he has ever been because he is what he has always been. He is Lord of all. Who is the Lord of hosts? The Lord mighty in battle. And if you consider David's lyrical wording when David wrote, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. You must bear in mind that you cannot really magnify him. You can only make him larger in your own eyes. Because he is great as he has ever been. He's the great God Almighty and there is nothing else. And he is Lord of all. He transcends everything. Every time you worry about stuff, you need to say, but Lord, you are the Lord of all. Every time you walk in fear, you ought to say, but you are the Lord of all. All, Every time you're struggling, you ought to just confess out of your mouth, but you are the Lord of all. And as we have learned in years past, as one preacher said, fear is faith in the enemy. So if you're living in fear, you have denied that he's the Lord of all. He has the whole world in his hands. He has your life in his hands. Amen. When they saw him feeding the 5,000, they saw the goodness of his hand. But when they saw him defying the laws of creation, they saw the creator. He showed them his face. Many seek his hand, and I join that cry because we need the Lord's help. He will feed us and guide us. He will provide for us. He's a good, good father. But when you seek for his face, you're looking for his lordship. It's pure. It's holy, righteous. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Or as Stephen once preached, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. Think about him. When you worship him, there is a difference, distinction. You can thank him for all that he has done, but there's a moment when you just have to pause and worship him. You have to declare him who you are because of who you are. And that's more difficult for us because we're, we're often conflicted with that. We, 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 we easily just morph off into what he has done or the things that we can see there's things that we cannot see that make him the lord of all (laughs) oh yeah i'm a little 
bit removed from this thematic day. But my message, if need be to the fathers, would be this. The best father is the one who teaches his children to seek the face of God and to worship the Lord. To be after him is greater than to be than to seek for what he can do for me. To be after who he is 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 greater than being after a solving uh, a problem for me. I, or as Jesus taught, just to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, your body, energy, life. I just love him. And when asked why we live this way, if the answer is, well, because that's what I've been taught, it falls short of what he desires. It should be because I love him. Why, why are you removed from society and the world? Because I love him. Why do you think that way? Because I love him. If you answer because my church told me so or because that's the rules, well, then you, you don't have the real love for him. You're, you're doing things out of duty, but you're not doing it out of the heart for him. You got to say, because he's the Lord of all. And hear me, if you give provisions for yourself, you give excuses for yourself and say, well, I think it's okay. Is it okay for, for him? Is an interruption for me and him? I, I, I love him. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of my life. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the things you don't think that matter. He's the Lord of that part too. He's the Lord of your day and he's the Lord of your night and he's the Lord of your trouble and he's the Lord of your conflict and he's the Lord of your family and he's the Lord of your job and he's the Lord of your health and he's the Lord of your cars and he's the Lord of your home and he's the Lord of your... The Lord of all. And until you recognize that, it's difficult to welcome him into your ship. If you ever get that, okay, now I know. Now I know you are defying all the laws that bind me. Now, now Lord, you, you're going above me. I, I'm so thankful for what you've done. My belly is full. My, my heart is full. But I'm seeing you in a brand new light, Lord. And those disciples are staring at those waves and these men, they're weather-worn by now. And they huddle in fear. They brace themselves against their frail wooden boat. And Jesus speaks, do not be afraid. And they hear his familiar voice and it changes something because they heard his voice. It's the order of the Lord in these very few verses. Miracles, then work, then trouble, then fear, then the voice. Miracles, then work, then trouble, then fear, and then something about his voice. And I'm already there. Let me read it to you. Then they willingly received him into their ship. And immediately the ship was at the land where they went. I don't know how far away they were from where they needed to be. But when they welcomed him into their life, it was an immediate thing. He brought them right there. They could have been a long way off. But when they got him into the ship and they recognized he is the Lord God Almighty, immediately they were where they wanted to be. And the work was over. And the work was over. But praying for someone a few years back in 
we've been praying for this for a long time and we didn't give up prayer, but it was just like your feet was in, in, in clay, just getting nowhere, just getting nowhere, just getting nowhere. And just one day in a, in a, in a, in a one phone call and a snap of the finger, it was over. They called me and they said, pastor, you know, we've been praying for this thing and, 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 and it's done. And I, and I said out of my mouth, just like that. You mean just like that? Yeah, it's over. What? Just like that? It's so done immediately. It's it's over. Just toiling and working and praying and a little bit of fear and then kind of giving up and then getting back and giving up and walking around and wondering what's all going to happen and just in a moment immediately just like that. And it's done. You just you were way far away. You were you were a distance away. You were furlongs away, but when they got him into the boat just immediately they appeared where they needed to be. And the Bible says that immediately they were at the place they worked so hard to reach. The ship was at the land whither they went. Doing right and trying to get to the place and not becoming weary and well-doing. Knowing and receiving and heeding the voice and realizing that he alone is greater than all the things he has done. Oh man. The worship of him and seeking his face and knowing he's Lord of all through every high and through every low. He is the Lord of every mountain and every valley. When I'm rejoicing in my season of harvest or bewildered in my wilderness, knowing that he is the Lord of all daily, daily getting up and doing the work. And sometimes those days seem long and sometimes they seem drawn out. But at the timing of the Lord God Almighty, Jesus is going to be bring you to the place of your desire and it's going to be immediate. As, as the Lord spoke to me, I, I, and, and I started to write what the Lord was speaking to me in my heart. I, I, I said, Lord, this sounds a, a little different than just a sermon. And the Lord said, it's, your, it's the prophetic word of my desire. His work is going to be immediate. You are going to work. I don't know who this is for, but I believe it's for the whole church. We are going to work. We're going to pray. We're going to seek. And sometimes we are going to toil. But in a moment, God's going to do a quick work among us. It's going to immediate thing and God's going to bring us to the immediate place of our desire we're going to welcome him he's going to be the Lord of all he's going to be the king of kings he's going to be God almighty and he's going to immediately bring us where we need to be I was preaching at Nueva Vida and, and Pastor Bonilla asked me to preach and, and I was struggling with what to say and, and I was I, I, I knew that I had to preach through an, an interpreter and, uh, and I was so thankful and, and Brother Adrian Jimenez was, was, was interpreting for me and, and I knew that it had to be right. I've, I've talked to several people about preaching through interpreters. It will clean up all of your poor language and your bad examples and your metaphors and you can't use sports analogies and it doesn't work and it doesn't translate and I was remembering, I even recalled uh, one of our ministers somewhere in the country. Uh, it wasn't, he, he, he didn't speak two languages. He only spoke English, but, but of course he had a loose affiliated, a loose affiliation with the English language as it were. Someone invited him to preach in another country and he did, he went and he got his money together. He was so excited, he had never preached out before and he didn't, he had a, probably a good heart, but he was preaching a terrible sermon and the interpreter, no one spoke English. 
English, and the interpreter decided just to change everything and preached every time the Englishman, the preacher from America spoke, uh, the interpreter, he preached something different, and the people just rejoiced, and the Holy Ghost fell, and, and the American preacher thought he did a great job, and, and uh, God love him, I don't know, he might now feel a burden to go back to the field. So I told Brother Adrian, if, if it gets bad, just take off on your own. The Lord, I don't know, I think you stayed with me, but the Lord revealed this to me, and I wanted to say this to everybody. It's taken me a long time to get here, but I wanted to just say what I told to, to Nueva Vida. I wanted to tell you that, that, that you're going to work a little bit, and there's going to be some toil, and you're, you're going you're to struggle a little bit, and you're, you're going to wonder, why isn't this thing over? And I've been praying for this, and I've been asking God for this, and, 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 and it's not, there's not a magic formula. I, I, I wish I could wave a wand, but I can just tell you the Lord sent me to tell you today all the people. I, I know who I know what my role is but I just want to know the Lord is going to do a very quick work and you're going to say is that it that's all that's it's done it's 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 done it's here we're here we're already here and it's going to be a moment like that and and there's going to be such a relief of you it's going to be like weight's going to just fall to the ground and your feet are going to be so free and you're going to wonder I've never felt this kind of freedom before because immediately he's going to bring you to the place where he wants you to be Listen, listen, I'm preaching the word to you, but I cannot receive it for you. You've got to receive the word and say, I receive it. I'm willing, Lord, come on in to this life. Come on into my heart now. Listen, if, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues, because that's what happened when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You willingly receive him into your life and just say, I worship you, Lord. I welcome you, Lord. You don't have to beg. You just have to welcome into your life. You open up your mouth and you speak with your own tongue and your own. And when you offer the word hallelujah, that's the highest praise. It's a thousand praises to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you just worship. I, I worship you, Lord. You are a great God and the creator. And he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will speak with other tongues because you are willingly allowing him into your life. And when you do that, things change. Immediately things change. And while I'm commissioned today to speak of these things in this life and to our church, at the end of this time, this is what's going to happen. And I read from 1 Corinthians 15. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you're thinking that the world is going to keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. I was talking to one of our brothers. As it was in the days of Noah, they were marrying and giving in marriage. What does that mean? That means they thought it would never end. It'll never end. It's just going to keep on going. We're going to have another election, and then there's another election, and then we're going to have another. We're going to have another argument about debt ceiling, and then and then there's going to be another war off somewhere else, and then we're all going to feel good, and there's going to be a Fourth of July parade, and another Christmas, and someone else is going to, and it's never going to end. That's what they thought. The Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. We're going to be changed. Yeah. <laughs> 
you're going to think that everything's happening and it'll never end. And you're going to make plans five and ten years from now. But there's going to be a day you're going to wake up one day. And that moment's going to, it's going to, you're going to be raptured out of this house. And out of this church. And out of this land. And out of your homes. And out of your cars. And out of your jobs. Immediately. It's going to be immediate. It's going to be immediate. God is an immediate God. He's an immediate God. Watch 1 Thessalonians 5. For ye, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh. Do you have confidence in your bank accounts, in your 401ks? Is that what you have confidence in do you have confidence in the economy, the world governments? You do not know. It's an immediate thing. It's going to be quick. You won't have time to get yourself together. You've got the best, the most amazing moment of grace you'll ever have right now. It's immediate. It's sudden. It's sudden. And when God finally comes to call in your personal life or at the end of time, you're not going to struggle. You're going to be free. Mm -hmm. I know how this works, but I'm just waiting on the Lord here a little bit because I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling God is preparing us for an immediate thing. Do you know how quick life can change for the good for you? Do you know how immediate life can change in your favor? At the snap of a finger, at an immediate response, he can bring you from that situation into a brand new day. I know no one wants the desert. I, I know no one wants to struggle, but when God is providing, I want you to know there's more than enough left over. And when he's providing through his wonderful hand, hand of provision, it's a good time to rejoice. But there's something about him and the awesomeness of, his, of who he is and, and his image. And when you see him, the Bible says you'll be changed. To be like him. And you'll get to see him face to face. You have no idea. Because we haven't seen it. We haven't heard it. There's no preacher that can declare it good enough. There's no description. There's no poetic form that can tell us what those streets look like, what the mansion looks like, what the city looks like, where the lamb is the light. But when you see him, you're going to be like him. And it's going to be immediate. Here's your Bible. Philip was witnessing the wonder of the Lord in Samaria. It was a mighty revival. Huh. Acts 8, unclean spirits cried with loud voices. They came out of many. People were possessed. 
those taken in palsy, lame, healed. Verse 8, great joy was in the city. Great joy. They were believing and receiving. But then there's an interruption. After all the good that was going on, there was an interruption. Verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. (laughs) Philip's having a spiritual revival, authority in Samaria. The news came to Jerusalem. They sent Peter and John because the harvest was so great. Healings, miracles, demons cast out. Diseases of all kinds healed. The joy echoing in the homes of the city. But the Lord decided that's enough. I'm going to send you to a desert place. God took him from the many and set him in front of one. And for those who study the scripture, we know of the significance of the baptism of the Ethiopian chief treasurer of the Queen Candace. But it was still the desert. Thank God they came upon a little water in the desert. And all I can say is, don't worry about the desert. There's a work to be done in your desert. It's not as glamorous as it is in the city. But there's a work to be done in your desert. Talking to, and and, and the, the general leader, superintendent of the country of Ethiopia will be here for our all nation service. You'll see him. And in Ethiopia, it looks like an apostolic Pentecostal convention everywhere in the country. You'll see apostolic Pentecostals just walking down the street everywhere because there's almost two million of them in that, in that, in that country baptizing Jesus' name, speaking in other tongues. I'm going to tell you where it started. It started in a desert meeting when Philip went down by the Spirit and went to a desert and baptized one. And the seed that was planted there made its, made its, made its fruition when, when, when our missionaries went to Ethiopia and Reverend Billy Cole saw thousands of people baptized the Holy Ghost. They were already ready. It was in their core. It was in their heritage. And today, when you go to Ethiopia, if you ever get there, there are millions of them. The desert doesn't look so good, though. Desert's not like the revival. The desert of Gaza has no resemblance of the city of Samaria. (laughs) But when it's time, he'll take you out from there and put you back into another revival. Verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord did what? Caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more. He disappeared. The, The Ethiopian eunuch went rejoicing. But his preacher disappeared. And he reappeared in Azotus preaching to the cities till he came to Caesarea. Because when the Lord's ready, he can take you from here to there and you don't even know how you got there. It's an immediate thing. He can take you from poverty to wealth in a single day. He can take you from wealth to poverty in a single day. He can bring you whatever he wants. It's an immediate thing. He can bring you from sorrow to rejoicing. He can bring you from a garment of sorrow to a garment of praise. He can bring you from ashes to rejoicing and power. I think we've lost this here. I think we've lost it. 
I, I, I think we, we, we don't realize what God can do and what God is going to do because we're struggling in the, in the now, in the mire, and all the stuff that conflicts our lives. But I just came just to tell you, God's going to do an immediate work in your life, and it's going to happen in short order. I don't know what day, but you're going to know because the day is going to be different from all the other days. And when he does, he's going to bring you out of that thing. He's going to bring you to a place. And what you don't see is that you've been praying for all those people, and they've not come, and they resisted, and they're not here, and, and there's no revival there but in a meeting a moment in a moment God can just change it and suddenly there's a change and suddenly you are healed and suddenly I don't know how long 430 years is I, I can't compute that but I do know how long a month could be I do know how long a day can be. It can be a long day. A day can be longer than 24 hours because there's something about it just drags on your spirit. It drags on. I don't know what 10 years or 100 years looks like, but I do know that the people of Israel, the children were bound for a long time, centuries. But here's the word in Isaiah 19 verse 1. The burden of Egypt, behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud. He's a swift God. He'll do a swift thing. God can come quick. You do not know how fast he can be there you'll blink your eye and you're raptured you'll blink your eye it's a media thing it's going to show up on your doorstep it's going to show up on your doorstep you're going to open up the door it's going to be right there on your doorstep and you're going to say, I, I don't even know how that can happen. How did that happen? I don't even know. I don't even know how that could happen. It's an immediate thing, sudden. And you're going to say, and we're all going to say, is that it? Is, is it over? Yeah, it's over. Stop fasting. Don't, don't, don't fast anymore. Don't pray anymore. Put away all the oil in the claws because it's over. God just did the work. He's, he's done the work. He's done the work. I was on a long fast and the Lord did the work. I, I was on a 40-day fast. On day 31, the Lord did the work. Tammy turned to me and said, what do you have to fast for? I said, nothing. It's, it's done. Let's go eat. Had a little bit of broccoli and some steamed fish. It was wonderful. The best broccoli you've ever eaten in your life. Because when the Lord does the work, you just, you just have to stop and say rejoice. Stop moaning. Stop complaining. Stop arguing. God is going to do the work. It's an immediate thing. You don't know, but the Lord can do the immediate work. You think it's going to take forever. It'll never happen. I'm going to tell you, the Lord's going to do the immediate work. He is a great God. He is the Lord of all. He's the King of mortal. He is the God. I want to stand and declare him. You are the great Savior. I want to stand and say, he's going to do an immediate thing. I want to say he's going to do a great work. I got to tell somebody over here, the Lord's going to do a great work. And the thing that you've been desiring, God is going to do the work. What, what were you asking for? Whether you went, boom, done, okay. That's it. And then you're going to look back and say, well, I wonder what I worried so much about. Why was I afraid? Why was I thinking it would never happen? Why was I getting so weary? In a blink, in a moment of time, God changed my entire life. 
you're not looking for that person because you can't see that person, but the Lord's prepared that person. And if you get out of order, you'll go looking and find the wrong person, not knowing that the Lord has been preparing the person. And the armies got all around and they huddled around their fire. And they knew the battle was going to be lost. Even Saul was so messed up, he, he didn't know what to do. Goliath was over on the other side saying, send me a man. And nobody's around. The king offers a big prize of the prize of his daughter. Notoriety, fame, wealth, and riches. And no one takes him up on the offer. But what they did not know was that the Lord was preparing a little shepherd boy on the backside of a field all the time. No one ever saw David coming. They did not see him coming. And they did not know what the Lord was doing. I just want you to know, there is a prophetic thing happening in the church. The Lord has prepared someone with a prophetic word while we were just doing our business and trying to get ahead and trying to work and trying to, trying to survive. The Lord's already prepared all the prophetic words for the church and he's going to give it to us. You don't know where it's coming from but it's already being prepared right now for you and in the snap of a finger and the blink of an eye all that's happening and little David walks on the scene and they still did not recognize him and they still didn't know there's the king they didn't say that there's the problem solver and no one ever said there's a giant killer But at the end of the day, I want to gross out all the sweet mothers. When David cut off the head of Goliath and picked up that massive head and his tongue hung out of his mouth and his severed head, the sinew and flesh dripped from his neck and his eyes bulged out. How we doing, mom? And and the oozing (laughs) of the fluids... And he hoisted that massive, ugly head up. In a moment of time, all those that were full of fear suddenly became great men of war. Come on, let's go. We got the victory. We've got the authority. And immediately... God is going to do the work. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to declare today, you are Lord of all and you're everything and there's nothing too great for you. till some of you lose your composure I can't wait till some of you lose what you think you are and who you think you are and you say hey you are great you are the Lord if the Lord walked in you fall down prostrate on the floor why because he's the great God he's Lord of all Hey, 
it's going to be immediate. It's going to be sudden. You're going to be delivered. Stop trying to protect your image and start recognizing that the king of all kings. Jesus, he rides on a swift cloud. He can do anything. He can do anything. He can do anything. No one's unrecoverable. God can do anything. He can draw. You don't know where God can lead people just to get them back into the into the into the altar. You don't know where God what God can do for them. Listen, I don't wish this on anyone, but I often pray it for people. That those who have reviled the truth and turned from the truth and rejected the truth, that they'd be put in a vice and have a hedge of thorns. I don't wish it on them, but I prayed on them. Or as Paul wrote, we turn them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. Why? Because being saved is more important than being healthy. And if that wasn't true, then when they would have brought the lame man to the Lord, he would have just said, rise up and walk. But he didn't say that. He began this way. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because to the Lord, it's more important that you're saved than if you can walk. But, but when it happens... Brother Tim, it's going to be like snapping your finger. And you'll look back the next Sunday and you'll say, oh my goodness, that's two Sundays in a row. You look back the next year and go, wow, the next, the next day, that guy that was struggling so much with all that stuff in his life, man, all that fear and anxiety and trouble and all that emotion is gone. What do you mean it's gone? Yeah, I don't, I don't even think about it anymore. Why? Because the Lord delivered me. How, how did he deliver me? I don't know. I woke up one day and it was all gone. All that pain, all that issue, it's, it's gone. I don't know. Because God brought you immediately. You just keep toiling and you keep working and you keep declaring him and you keep calling him the Lord of your life. Not, not the Lord of some, but the Lord of all. I just, I want to rumble. I want to rumble like we're about to have a war cry.
It don't even have to have harmony. Just lay on the low keys. I need I need a drummer that would just drum the low bass. Just just give us a roll. And the bass player, I just want you to play the lowest, baddest note you got over there. I don't know what you guys can do, but don't get crazy. Just low, just give me low, just give me low, just give me dark low. Just like we're coming now, we're coming. You don't know we're coming. We're coming, we're coming. We're not giving up, we're coming. We're coming, we're coming, we're coming. We're coming, we're coming. Watch out, we're coming. The church is coming. Watch out, devil, new life is coming. Watch out, Terre Haute, Vigo County, Clay County, all the surroundings come, we're coming. Watch out, backslider and sinner, we're coming. Watch out, school district and government, we're coming. Watch out all the devils and demons and all the issues, we're coming, we're coming. It's the army of God, it's the army of God. In the name of the Lord, you come to us with all the devices. We come to you in the name of the Lord. So if you're in a desert, just keep on worshiping, doing the work in the desert. It's all right. In a moment, you could disappear from the desert and put you right into a wonderful place. Acts 16.25. Here we are. Are you ready? Acts 16.25. And at midnight... (laughs) Oh, man. What's the next verse? And suddenly... Some earthquakes devour the enemy, and some earthquakes are sent to set you free. Now you tell me, how does an earthquake come and no one dies? I'll tell you why. Because that was the release and the immediate answer from God. You got to start singing in your midnight, and God's going to send you a relief 